Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. Hello, I'm Tim Howard, host of Reflect the Life You Want podcast, and I'm especially excited to have as a guest today an old dear friend, Jenny McKelvey of Decor Insights. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this so much, so I'm just a little bit stunned. Yeah, we had to reschedule because we had something come up. You were going to be a guest on the show last month, and we're here we are in December now. I know. I'm so excited. I won't say I'm at a loss for words because people and you would be very surprised about that. But um, I have. I've been looking forward to this and having been following what you've been doing. I'm just so pleased to be here. So thanks. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time, Jenny. So, Jenny, you and I go back a ways. We yeah, when you said old friend, so yes, <laughs> way back. Yeah, we go back a long well, time I, ago. I've not aged as well as you have. <laughs> uh, the, um, I think you and I first probably met in about 1996, 97 time frame. We were both working for Alcoa, which at the time was the uh, leading aluminum manufacturing company in the world and I had just come out of the the recycling side of the business into manufacturing and you'd gotten into a manufacturing role and your your father worked for Alcoa for many many years in the past too yeah yeah so when I joined Alcoa it was like joining the family business I mean I know that sounds a little bit like the Sopranos right but um, <laughs> I I grew up in Alcoa and um when and just being around Alcoa families and Alcoa facilities and hearing him talk about Alcoa and especially the people around the dinner table yeah. I didn't start with Alcoa right out of school mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like I was in the right place until I got to Alcoa and I'm yeah. like ah there it is because I guess I was looking for some of those things I'd been hearing about around the yeah. dinner table. So um, yeah, I, for a very long time um, yeah. was associated. So I only got started to get paid for it when I joined <laughs> in, uh, what was that, 1989. Yeah, 1989. Wow. Yeah. Well, why don't you give, a, just for some context for our listeners, a little bit of your personal professional background, uh, and then we'll get into talking about we're going, to, we're going to go down memory lane a little bit. We're going to tie in a lot of our personal learnings that relate to the Reflect the Life You Want content because you and I have got some shared learning experiences and some shared experiences in business, and then we've got our own separate life experiences that really relate well to this theme of the, the Mirror Book Project by my co-author mm -hmm. Maria Spears and I. So tell us a little bit about Jenny and your background. Yeah, so we um, so we've alluded to a little bit of it that uh, right out of school, um, I started on I started with Macy's, and the best thing about starting with Macy's is that I met my husband there. Yeah, um, I worked for a brief time after Macy's on Wall Street, and that was a really interesting learning experience. And 
for those who might be early in their career, sometimes those jobs are about finding out what you love to do. Sometimes it's about finding out you don't love what you're doing, so you need to find the other thing. And that was kind of me. I, I alluded to it already, but I needed, I was looking for something else. And then coming to Alcoa, um, I found it. And I started with them as a, an accountant. And I just had the really cool fortune to have the chance to, I worked in production, I went back to accounting, I um, went back to production, I got to do some cool things with the Toyota production system implementation at Alcoa, I was in HR, I implemented sales and operations planning processes, um, all kinds of cool things that uh, then culminated in my leading the smelting, the primary metals operations in um in tennessee in eastern tennessee so uh it's in a way as someone said well what did you do and i said i don't know i got to do all the things right <laughs> it just feels like i got to do all these things and it's a very not normal career path and you could relate especially in that company at that time yeah. and i will say particularly for a woman mm. but the whole thing made sense to me and I really had the I had a, some really cool opportunities and I had some really um, wonderful mentors who helped guide me along the way and who gave me a chance to to try and I am forever grateful for them for that I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the the HR professional that was friends with your father, but we both knew both at Tennessee and then he was up in Iowa with us. Bruce Keith. Bruce Keith. Bruce the man with great. two first names. Yes. Bruce Keith. Yes. Bruce, so Bruce. Bruce yeah. Awesome Bruce was man. one of those precious mentors yeah. um, to me. So yeah, when I think of people, I do think of him. And then I um, left Alcoa to go work for a business that we were working with at my location to improve safety through working on culture and leadership, which was the, it wasn't the kind of the compliance, follow the rules, hear the rules. It really expanded my thinking into how do we do this in a different way and not assume that it's all of, it's the employee's fault. You know, what mm -hmm. are the other things and how can we influence safety? And I really loved the impact it had on me as a leader, my team and the employees. So the opportunity to go and work on that with even more companies and even more employees to influence, um, I, was, I, I took it. So it's very hard to leave Alcoa. It's very yeah. hard after all the years of growing up in my professional career, but um, left to go work on safety and working on safety and working on operational excellence, what I do today, it's really, uh, I thought I'd do it for five years and then see what else, and I've been doing it for almost 15. Yeah. <laughs> so it's- Well, all, uh, those, all those experiences you had with Alcoa probably led you, and then, uh, and you and I have a shared experience of we both finished a kind of a master's level program. I think back when you went through it, it was known as the Leadership Institute of Seattle. And when I went through it, it was known as the School of Innovative Leadership, but we did this um, kind of corporate leadership program. If we did the work, we would get a master's uh, degree in kind of applied behavioral science. Mm -hmm. So both that educational stuff plus that real-world practical experiences in leading 
probably served you incredibly well going on to help impact many, many other companies. It really did. And so not, I was able to marry what we learned there as I was consulting and coaching with um, senior and executive leaders, as, as well as them bringing my experience when they're like, oh, well, you don't know what it's like to have to be. And I'm like, ah, time out, I do, you know? So they were like, hey, sister, you don't know. And I said, I have had to be there. So yeah. there's a skillful thing about, you know, working with folks and challenging, having them look in the mirror a little bit, challenging them, helping them, knowing I'm, I'm here and I'm for you which means we're gonna do this work together. And so it was really critical that I had had some of that learning that you talked about from the Leadership of mm -hmm. Institute of Seattle to pull on some real skills, pull on some real, real theory, not just be in there winging it, so. Well, I've got some memories that are popping up as we're talking, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw them <laughs> out there and see if, uh, see, see what your recollection of these ones, so. One of them, you mentioned when you were in that, we were kind of implementing lean manufacturing, we called it the Alcoa business system. And I, you were in this role that you were facilitating this implementation of a large manufacturing operation we had in Eastern Tennessee. And I remember you were expecting either Clint or your daughter, Courtney, I can't remember who it was, but I'm just having this visual of you expecting child leading this business meeting. Yeah, I've, it was uh, it was Courtney then, most likely, and uh, at at that point, I uh, I'm sure it was a little like, okay, we've got this whole visual of her up there, <laughs> and uh, you know, is she gonna have this child right now? But I did find, in a way, it's 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 a little bit of a lesson that being um, being an expectant mom it sort of stripped away some of those perceived things about being in management or mm -hmm. a leader. It, you know, there's nothing more humanizing, I think, than you know, that thing, that shared experience of anybody who's had a child, anybody who's had a grandchild, that everyone wants to hear about that and you get to approach each other on a very personal level. And so, you know, I found that I got a lot done and accomplished in an easier way during some of that because you did start from a different way for people who might have started from a place of suspicion or standoff or what's she going to do to us. I mean, it, it, I, nothing could be less imposing, I guess, than showing up yeah. and saying, here I am in this condition and, and uh, there we go. But yeah. <laughs> Well, that's one memory. The other memory was so... I had a lot of success when we were implementing that kind of lean manufacturing in that plant, which led me to go kind of the flagship plant of the world in the aluminum industry at that time at Davenport Works in uh, Bettendorf, Iowa. And uh, I'm remembering then you, you came up as the HR manager just a few months after I had left up there. And I remember the first time we encountered, and I've got my fire retardant clothing on and my hard hat with a face shield because I worked in the molten aluminum area, and I walk up and I give you a big hug. And in this environment, the culture of that location, that time of that was, that was not like the way we did anything. Mm -hmm. And it was so different that you and I connected as colleagues on a very, in a very different way than what was the norm in that culture. Yeah, that's how we started. Exactly, and and there was there is some reasons for that, but I think people seeing um, that uh, 
kind of collegial and personal relationship that it can be that way and it can you know we can still do all the things we can still have all the tough conversations but we can be at that that point of you know I'm again it's sort of like I talked about the coaching I'm with you I'm for you not again you yeah. and um it it was a little bit I do remember that you know you know like hey I was like oh it's a friendly <laughs> face and we go in and then you turned around and people were like and it's like it's okay it's yeah, all who, good who's this guy hugging the new hr money yeah. you know, he's got to do like a sexual yeah. harassment complaint for day one or something and i'm like team it's okay and for other <laughs> folks that that's not their jam I can, like i said i get that and that's okay but it, i was just relieved and happy to see a friendly and familiar face so it was yeah. good well we got to work through some interesting challenges back then in that facility yeah we did you know, another really cool memory I'm having from our experience there is, do um, you remember uh, we were going through some required diversity training with Roland West? You remember that? You remember the moment I'm thinking of? I do. Go ahead. I do. It's so, going to move uh, me just like it did in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. It's coming mm -hmm. up. So um, I remember Roland as kind of part of the training he had like this video thing and he was had some words that were spoken by um, Nelson Mandela who not too long before then had been the uh, you know president of South Africa and he'd come out of prison and all that but those words were actually song or words from a book written by Marianne Williamson which I had adapted into a song and when it came up I said, you know, I'm going to run home and grab my guitar because I had written this song a few years ago and shared it with other people. And I thought, you know, I know at the end, Roland would always in these training sessions, he'd have people kind of give an out brief of, you know, what was the impact of what their experience was going through this training, how might their thinking have shifted about this. And I thought, well, I'm going to put it to words and song. And I remember... I ran home at lunch, came back, we had the afternoon, the balance of training, and I remember just pulling out that guitar and standing up in front of the room and just kind of the tears coming out of your eyes. And I don't know exactly what was going on for you at that moment, but it was like this, this really special connection and bond that we had there. Mm -hmm. You're the human resources manager for mm -hmm. this huge multi-billion dollar operation, and I'm one of the key leaders, and I'm singing a song. Yeah. For me, you know, we were the only two, we were clearly the, the senior people in the room, but yeah. for the training that we were going through, which was around diversity, yeah. it didn't matter. To me, it didn't matter. And I think as we went along in the session, it mattered less to the people that were in there. Mm -hmm. And what came, I think what was going, if I remember what was going on for me, because it feels like it's going on for me, just thinking about that moment, was um, was the power of being vulnerable and the power of being authentic. And the idea that that anybody would, would in that group, where we've just talked about some really tough stuff um, for some, that uh, you to do that to me was just so much courage and I was so 
proud to know you and to get to experience and just to listen to the words too were so impactful and that I even wrote them down because I was thinking about the same thing. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. Amen. I mean, just thinking about that. So it was all of those things put together in that moment. And um, it's a, it was a life lesson about the power of being authentic and being vulnerable. And we talk about those words and talk about doing it, but to see somebody do it so genuinely, mm. it was a very uh, rare experience. And uh, yeah, I can't, I too remember and I remember one person, at least, who said when you were finished, well, we've never seen a manager do anything like that before. <laughs> In the I best have... possible way, they yeah, were saying yeah. it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was very different. And, um, you know, when I, when, I, when I was brought into that role, um, it was because of a, a class action lawsuit that at the time had been taken by the African-American population against the company. And here I am, I'm a white guy coming in and to lead this transformational change. And I had a, a consultant we had hired that helped facilitate, but it was, I always felt like I was a very different kind of leader. And I got incredible business results because the way I approached people and did things was very different than the t tr traditional, typical. you know, I still had to do some of the same kind of stuff, but. Sure. I always was able to connect with people on a level and get that additional contribution from people because of how I related to them differently than maybe a more historical leader might. Sure. I mean, if you're going to put yourself out there like that, that doesn't mean you abdicate your authority. That doesn't mean you abdicate your leadership. But if you're willing yeah. to be that vulnerable and people, I mean, it's, the reaction could have been, well, and I will say I wasn't the only uh, teary-eyed person in that room so um, that if you're going to be that well people could have been like well who does he think he is up there singing a song but the reaction wasn't like that but you didn't know when you started and you sure didn't know when you pulled out your guitar um, yeah I think and so if you're going to do that yeah but what people are willing to give you a little bit more of a a chance right yeah yeah and you know word, word quickly spread you know, out into the manufacturing floor. I don't, I don't know how many thousands of people we had back then working at that plant, but uh, it was like word started to travel, you know, this, and it, it gave me some street cred, so to speak, um, because of doing that, because of the risk and the, the level of authenticity that you described there. And even with Roland, who, you know, he'd done consulting with corporations many, many years, I think he was, uh, he too was very much impacted. He'd never seen anybody pull anything off like that. Yeah. So what it did for me is, you know, and I've grown a lot since then, but just was having that boldness to do something so different in an environment like that and having the courage yeah. um, that was really cool. But it, it was you and I... Cool. You, you think you, about it, it was 21 years ago. It was roughly 21 years ago-ish, 20, 21 yeah, years ago. Yeah. And it might seem like, well, you know, for us now in our skin, was that such a big deal? But it was a big deal, right? Oh, I'm sure there were sweaty palms, and I was oh, a little yeah. nervous for you even as you started. But <laughs> Well, and yeah. the culture there at that facility was very, very different. So yeah. to, to take that risk. But even Roland West, um, you know, 
I think it made an impact on him. Um, but just that shared experience that you and I, we're, we're talking about right now and all that emotions coming back up. I know. That was 20 plus years ago. Yeah. But we have this shared experience yeah. uh, in that setting that's really, really cool that I really just appreciate that I have that with you. I know. And it is, isn't that just the thing? And sometimes you know, and clearly, you know, you and I have talked about it over the years. Sometimes you know, sometimes you don't know. Yeah. And that's, you know, as we walk this earth, sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't know. And um, yeah, it's, it's a really special thing. Well, I thought maybe we'd shift from trip down memory lane to maybe some ideas around some of these things that we've learned over the years that relate back to the reflect the life you want. And ahead of the show, I had reached out to you and, um, you know, which, which chapters of the reflect acrostic really kind of resonated with you. And, and the two, I think, that seemed to be the most uh, impactful for you was to recognize the power to change and then the, the L chapter to love yourself and let others know you love it. So I was curious why those resonated with you and what you might be willing to share with our listeners about those two sets of ideas. Sure. I mean, let's, um, I thought while well, we would, I was thinking, let's, let's start with the recognize you can change your life, but let's start with lo the love, okay. right? Love yourself, right. tell your others that you love them. Yeah. Because we just talked about it. It's, you know, that hug when you first yeah. see somebody like that. Um, while I want to always respect people's personal boundaries, mm -hmm. um, why not do that? If you see somebody who gives you joy and that feels like the right thing to do, if it's a friend, you know, a family member, it's somebody you appreciate. Um, and I think... You know, sometimes we're reminded and we have or we have to be reminded to do that. Uh, for me, my dad passed away when I was relatively young mm -hmm. and he was relatively young. Yeah. And I know that in that last phone conversation I had with him that I told him that I loved him. And I'm so glad that I know that. So I'm very intentional about that with people and I'm very intentional about that with my kids. And then, you know, even if we have this, we're on the phone and we have a weird disconnect, I have to call back because I have to know that I ended it that way. So it's, it's one of those, you know, don't make people guess, let them, let them know. And to me, I'd rather have, I think I said to you, the risk of telling somebody and have it feel weird or awkward than have the regret that I didn't. I'd rather have yeah. the risk than the regret. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about something I did for you a few years back. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but your daughter Courtney was getting like a book of letters together. And I can't remember if it was when you were leaving Alcoa or if it was some other key milestone or birthday or something like that. Yeah. But I just remember connecting with her and writing whatever I wrote. I don't remember what it, what exactly I said, but it was like, you know, yes, I want Jenny to know that she is loved and appreciated by me for whatever this milestone was. It's a milestone birthday. It was that 5-0 birthday. Oh, the and big 5-0. Yeah, the big 5-0. Yeah, she, that was such an amazing surprise. And it, it was like a twofer that I got to be blessed yeah. by all of that, um, the messages from people and reading all these wonderful, it was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. 
But then Courtney said for her that oh, she got yeah. to read all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, how cool that was for her because she's like, some of these people, I don't even know who they are. The fact that they responded to, uh, you know, at the time, a, a high schooler's request. That's one thing. Then to start reading these things that they say about your parent when you were a little bit like, okay, this is my, this is my parent. So, <laughs> it, so to me, it was like a twofer. And yes, it was. Uh, so she gained she gained some new appreciation for her mom yeah. from these other people's perspectives. Yeah, yeah, I think which you know, yeah, and and, and it and that she and that she absorbed it. You know. She, she didn't treat it in like that teenager way. She absorbed it, which was yeah. um, really, like I said, it was a gift in two ways for me well, and got, then the, her getting it. Yeah. So two yeah. great kids and Clint, your son and Courtney, your daughter. And I know, I, I don't know them personally, but I just imagine they're amazing. Uh, I think they are. Cause like I, you know, I have big rose colored glasses. I think they're pretty cool. <laughs> so they're the best of both my husband and myself, I think yeah. so. So, what are some other ways where you, you know, you kind of live that out where, you know, you're, you know, and I, I know a little bit the history, you're losing your father in early age, how important that must be, mm -hmm. you know, because oftentimes I, I find uh, in my co-author Maria Spears, and she talks about this a lot, is that our, our passion flows from where our pain was. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, we, we have this hole or this pain or this experience that impacted us and then it propels us to go do great things. So I wonder how that's impacted you henceforth in life and what you do even today. Oh, I, well, I think it does, it has driven me and it has driven me to try some things and to do some things, you know, whether it's was accurate or not, the carrying on the family legacy things, you know. So I think certainly um, not wanting to disappoint what the way I perceived him as a leader and perhaps how others perceived him as a leader while also being um, authentic to the person I am. And some of that comes with age and time and honing the rough edges, you know, so, um, so I think I'm that's a little bit of it. I'm having something come up and I don't know if this is accurate or not. Did your dad drive a Ford Mustang? He did. Okay. And then he, you, years later, you bought a Ford Mustang, right? It's, it's worse than that. He, he bought a red title 64 and a half Mustang in, yeah. when we lived in Iowa, when I was growing up, a convertible and he restored it. And he had always wanted one because he said he thought they were the coolest cars when they came out, but they were supposed to be the affordable family car, but they couldn't <laughs> afford one. And he's like, we got these kids now. So, so he got it and he restored it and it was super cool. And then he got a, um, candy apple red one that was a 66. And I mean, these were cool cars. I loved them. So then the cars, um, uh, he sold the first one and he had still the other um, when he passed away. So when the the Mustangs came out in, what was it, uh, 2000, gosh, 2005 again, and they looked super cool again. Yeah, they, like, looked, ooh, I, the yeah, they, went, look, they yeah. went back to that shark look. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I love that. And so I got a red car. It was the closest to the candy apple red. And then 
my mom had offered that the kids could drive that other Mustang mm. as they got their license. Now the safety part of me was like, wait a minute, there's no seatbelt, <laughs> there's no power steering, there's no other things. Yeah. And, but to sort of be in the family legacy, we got our kids. We did the thing we said we would never do. We bought them new cars. We said we would never do that. Uh, but we got um, Mustangs. So my son drove a Mustang and my daughter, well, they both, they still drive Mustangs. So we had a lot of ponies in the garage at the same time. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So tie back to granddad. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to tie that in to recognize the power to change. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, sometimes just... while you're while you're changing, you can also honor the past. How's that? Yeah, you can get a new go. model while you're honor there the you past. Go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So there's well, so yeah. So back to how, and I think that you know the thing about loving the love yourself. You know, as I, we we talk about then how you have the power to change your life. I think loving yourself is tied to being able to have the momentum to do those things to have that recognition. Um, that if you, it's not to say you can't, but I think it's harder to not be paralyzed if you're coming from a place of belief in yourself, creating something new versus a place of insecurity or a place of escaping or what have you that I just, I'm, I'm so much about that creator thing. What can we do? What can we do versus the victim piece of, I don't know, or something's keeping me or someone's keeping me that, um, I, I like that energy that's about, okay, if we can't do the whole thing, what can we do and what can yeah. we change? Can we take one step? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, um, the underlying theme of that reflect the life you want um, chapter, or excuse me, the, the recognize the power to change chapter of reflect the life you want is hope. And and I'm thinking how that ties to love also, but I wonder if you could kind of expand upon maybe some different situations where you've had to make a significant change in your life where you had to kind of draw upon that hope um, to make that change? Yeah, um, what I alluded to was uh, leaving Alcoa because you know, that was, it was really hard for me. Uh, it felt like losing my dad all over again in a way because mm. even after he'd passed, my being there was a tie to something he did, to people he worked with, um, all those things. Um, but the hope part of it was the idea of I can have an even bigger impact on mm -hmm. people going home safely at the end of the day, which means there's an even bigger impact by working with companies um, and, and more families and more communities. And so, you know, that propels, it propelled me past the other, what am I giving up? What could I lose? versus what could I gain and what's the possibility out there. Mm. So to me, that's where it ties in the hope of having a broader impact and saving mm. even more lives while I'm, you know, sorry to leave the place and hated to leave my team and the wonderful people there. It was the idea of could there be even more people to work with to impact this thing of making the world a safer place? Yeah.
Well, you've certainly gone on to do that in many, many organizations around the world. So I always like to ask my guests two key questions. And um, the first question is, is, you know, you've got all this experience now in life that's gotten you to the point where you are right now. But I'm wondering, what is it that you're working on right now for yourself, Jenny, to reflect more of the life that you want? I may surprise you, Tim Howard, by my answer. <laughs> um, so we'll see. That I'm a, I think I'm a really open person. I'm kind of an open book. What you see is what you get. Yeah. And the thing I'm working on feels like the opposite of that, which is setting boundaries. Okay. And um, and not in a um, this is my lane, stay out of my lane kind of way. Mm. It's more about this feeling of finite time finite energy, mm -hmm. finite um, uh, focus. And so what am I going to be intentional about what yeah. I spend my time on? What am I going to be intentional about how I, I, what I do with my professional and my personal things? Mm -hmm. What's most important? What is most joyful or fills my cup? Uh, most days, because not every day, you know, let's, let's just, life is life, right? But what are the things so that most of the time I'm filling my cup, not draining my cup? So it is about saying there's some things I'm, I'm going to need to say no or not now because um, you just, I just can't do it all. And I always thought maybe I could, and that's not reality. So... So have you slowed down your running training for the next marathon, or is that still a part of? No, not slowly. There's, I think I've retired from marathoning, but there's always races to do. So, yeah, so no, yeah. that's not slowed down still because running. that's one of those things about that's that I'm I'm okay with keeping that. But there are some things that I've I've given myself permission to let go of. Yeah. That. Um, you know, and maybe that's the key to it. It's not boundaries with other people. Maybe it's setting boundaries with myself. Now that I just say that out loud, whoops, yeah. oops, <laughs> learning on the podcast as we go. Um, but it, it is about recognizing um, what's what feels most important now, which which is maybe different from 20 years ago, yes. 25 years ago. And that's okay. That's yep. part of growing up, growing older and moving into different phases of life. So yeah. it's about what's exciting and in a good way. Did you and my co-author, Maria Spears, did you guys ever connect in the when I first made that email introduction? We did a couple okay. of times. And she is cool. like um, lightning in a bottle. I mean, yes. or sunshine in a bottle or both. Yeah. She is yeah. just energy and positivity plus. And okay. we talked about a couple of the things about this and that it's, you know, you can have... Some people pull over to what they want you to do, but you know, really, is that how you would choose to spend um, your time, your energy, your talent, your whatever? And yeah. it's not that that's bad. It's it's, it's the whole word about intentionality. Well, that's one of the things I've learned the most from her is about intentionality and consistency. But she went through a similar process of really clarifying what is she saying heck yes to, and what is she saying no to. So you guys, you guys could have another conversation. It might be interesting to see where you're at now in that evolution. So I also like to ask, you know, as a follow-up question, so that's what you're working on for yourself right now is to, you know, really 
set those boundaries for yourself that because for me what I hear you describing Jenny is that what life you have is going to be more rich by being more intentional with where you're focused your time and energy right now yeah so I think that's the uh, objective I think that's right and we'll learn more and so it's this is it's nothing's static it's all dynamic and I think that's the other thing is that we can recognize it's not about we did we're doing something wrong we're just doing something else now so of all the life wisdom that you have right now that you've gained over the years and even as that's continued to evolve, if there's like one bit of wisdom that you could impart to someone else in life to reflect more the life that they want, what would that one thing be? Um, it's something I share a lot. Maria and I talked about this even. Mm -hmm. It's that you teach people how to treat you. Mm. And um, so as I mentor people or even if we have conversations, it's, um, it's really interesting to me to share that, that to, for folks to say, are you setting a personal boundary? Is that, is somebody, you know, when somebody's saying something to them or, or whatever the situation is, is that, you know, are you accepting that is it okay or are you going to do something about it so that people know um what's a, how it's okay to treat you yeah. and it's not about being conflictual again it's about shaping behavior it's about shaping how interactions happen mm -hmm. um but that's something i like to share a lot because i am very grateful for the person that i learned it from it was it's again this this thing about intentionality right is somebody are we just letting something happen and now we're like why did that happen and why is that upsetting me and la 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 yeah. and, and then it happens again and oh i'm upset again it's like oh, okay who's going to change the dance in that so um that uh there's there's ways to do that and think about it so if something's getting you or niggling you or bothering you and and it's it, it's based on a an interaction or a dynamic then it's really time to think about that and understand is it something that feels like yeah this doesn't work for me um, mm -hmm. and I think I've done a pretty good job of advocating for myself across time but um, there are things I could have probably been a little bit more proactive and not mm -hmm. I've never regretted when I've said you know I want to I want to hear what you have to say but I'm not going to be able to hear it in that way you know that kind of thing yeah, so yeah. Yes, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you tell your it's like when you tell your kids when they're asking for something, but it's in that whining voice. You're like, I want to, I can't hear you when you use that voice. <laughs> Similar to that. Yeah. Well, you're you made a change recently where you you're downsized a little bit, new home there in uh, near Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, as you're looking ahead into 2022, are you, are you thinking about like either something significant you want to focus on doing or a one word that you, if you go through that process every year, is there anything like that's really got you energized about 2022? Energized about 2022. I think the word for me is possibility that uh, you know the last year and a half or so for folks it's been it's been a hard thing to think about possibility or everything's felt a little frozen but mm -hmm. um, 
it feels more open now. Uh, my son is getting married. That's a whole different possibility. Wow. We, our family will be growing in a marvelous way. And so that's, like I said, that's possibility. Um, there's always things to learn on the professional front. So it, that feels like there are still challenges to have out there. Being in this new place that um, my husband and I are in, that has possible. So um, hopefully more travel, because we love to travel. Uh, so that's the word I think that jumps out for me for 2022 and is connected to how we'll find joy in the new year is um, seeing what might come and being open to it. And I think it's going to be a wonderful year. Well, I hope it is for you both, you and Kevin. Um, well, it's been really fun just to kind of take this little trip down memory lane, some of these experiences we shared years ago. Um, but, you know, you're, you're always one of those people that, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect and valued your friendship from those many years ago and some of those experiences we had together. But so it's it's been awesome to have you as a guest here on the Reflect the Life You Want podcast. And um, sounds like you know there may be uh, Jenny, the grandmother, in the future. Uh, well, one step at a time. Let's have a little. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it took us a while to get to this point, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know, but if that is, then I, you know, bring it. That would that's, be that's the joy that comes from possibility, right? Yeah. So that's that's super awesome. Yeah. So if if people want to reach out to you, learn more about what you do professionally. Um, because I I think you do have a tremendous amount of experiences that have helped a lot of people a lot of organizations we haven't Thank talked you. much about that this afternoon uh, but you know people want to connect with you how do we reach out you know linkedin or mm -hmm. a website or how would how would you suggest people best yeah. get in touch with you linkedin is great that's the best way to do it i okay. would um yeah, take great pleasure from having any kind of just direct message that way and yeah. i'd love for folks to reach out and um connect let me and let me know that if it's from this podcast just say hey saw you talking to tim yeah. and just yeah. wanted to reach out or ping me or have a question or a comment then that would be fantastic well hopefully hopefully there'll be some of that um yeah, I'm just thinking about your 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 word you brought up possibility. I'm I'm still wor I think I know what my one word for 22 2022 is going to be. Ooh. Um, do share. Do you know? Uh I've been yeah, I've been contemplating the word action. Ooh. So for 2020 was completion, for 2021 was transform. Um but action and it has multiple meanings in multiple areas of my life. So that, that's, well, that's the word I'm contemplating right now. Yes. Hasn't been finalized. So I would love, yeah, invite me back and let's talk about how that's going. <laughs> that would be so much fun because I mean, you, have, you have been doing so many things on so much on different fronts and already making such an impact in your community and then just seeing some of the personal things that you're taking on and challenging yourself feels like there's a lot of action already there. in place. So there. if there's yeah. even more to come, I'm going to be like, whew, that's 
it's been quite a ride the last two years, especially. Um, has been a lot of action, been a lot of transformation, a lot of positive changes. Now it's like, okay, kind of like you were alluding to earlier around, you know, what are you saying yes to versus no to for me to be able to get more focused on those areas where I want to take more deliberate, intentional action to have even greater impact, what would those be? So I'm working on kind of clarifying that for myself. And I usually will tie a scripture to the word, whatever that word is, and I've been doing some research around, you know, what would that kind of verse be mm. that has significance to me, that radiates from, or resonates for me, because I'll, I'll usually write it out at least once a day. So I'm doing that research now to, and I'll have that finalized in the next couple of weeks before uh, the end of the year, because I'm going to be in 2022. And then we all get to know, right? That's right. You'll, you'll see it up on like my Facebook cover page. There'll be a new word. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool to be able to keep, to keep up with, because that's, I love the intentionality that you're operating with and um, the growth trajectory. You're definitely the least complacent person, I think, uh, <laughs> in my universe right now uh, in terms of just that challenge and impact and things you're doing professionally and things that you're taking on personally, learning some new things. And um, yeah. so I'm excited to see what the word's going to be. Yes, I am too. Well, it's been just an extreme pleasure and delight to have you with me here this afternoon. It's just like, uh, it's good to see you and just to reflect upon some of those uh, mm. just really heartwarming experiences we had in the past years ago uh, in an earlier part of our lives. But uh, those are memories that I cherish. I cherish your friendship. I treasure you as a person and you're an amazing leader, wife, mother, and it's just been a distinct pleasure to have you on the Reflect the Life You Want podcast. Thank you so much. I'm just so glad to have spent the time with you and to have the chance to, to do this with somebody who means so much to me. So thanks so much. Awesome. Well, I always say to my guests, go out and live a life of greatness. I'll do my best. Here we go. <laughs>